Hey, miserable bitches. My name, at this point you know, is Cody. This is Emily. And we are back with another episode of Misery Manor. But this episode, we are doing a haunted episode about spooky, spooky haunted dolls. <laughs> but before we get started, make sure you leave your manners at the D-O-O. We're back with another episode. (laughs) Guys, I'm actually really excited about this episode. We've been doing a lot of, like, gruesome murder of, like, teenagers and shit. Oh, my God. I was like, Emily, we need to take a little break and, like, do some spooky shit. Which I I did not expect from you. And I... I know, right? And I know I did that poll on Instagram, which thank you all so much for, like, being interactive with us. Um, I know the... The preference was not a spooky episode, but come on. We've got to give some layers. We can't just do, oh, 14-year-old girl stabbed to death next episode. 15-year-old boy burnt. Like, no, we got to change it up, okay? So that's why, like I said, this episode is going to be about haunted dolls, which I'm excited about. Also, guys, um, I was posting about Patreon on the Instagram. Mm -hmm. Thank you, guys, everybody that is a Patreon we were able to, with your donations, get a brand new console. Um, she's we're, pretty. She's really pretty. She's red. We're working on, like, some minor kinks through it, so it's not working at the best of its ability right now, but we hope to get through that very soon. User so, error. Yeah, <clears throat> user error, for sure. So thank you so much. We are going to be uploading, like, a bloopers episode on Patreon pretty soon, and it is hilarious. Like, you're going to be like, oh, that's not a true crime podcast. That is a comedy show because it's all about me um, yelling at Emily, cursing her out, whispering. Um, mm, tons of whispering. Tons of whispering. Lots of malfunctions. So it's funny. It's hilarious. And we definitely appreciate your Patreons. But enough of the jibba jabba coming out of my mouth. It is now time to get oh. into some of the dolls. So with that... I'm going to dive right in. You all right with that? I'm all right. So the first doll that I'm going to talk about's name is Harold. Harold. And Harold is known to be the devil himself's doll. Okay. Well, no. Little Nicky is his son. (laughs) Who? Oh, you're Robert. Yeah. And you've never seen the movie? No. Okay. All right, so about Harold. In 2024, Anthony Quinata came across Harold in an auction on eBay. He bought the doll along with a few other supposedly haunted items, hoping to write a book about his experiences with them. So he sought out the shit, so he got Hmm. what's coming for him. In the beginning, Anthony was skeptical, not really expecting anything to happen. However, his interest was piqued. When the woman who had previously owned the doll tried to back out of the cell, saying that she was worried for Anthony's safety, 
and that she felt guilty for putting this curse into his hands. Anthony insisted that a deal's a deal, so the bargain was sealed and the package was shipped out. The previous owner also reported that Harold caused the death of their cat, ended her marriage, mm. and she would oftentimes hear voices in the basement coming from him. Okay. A short while later, Harold the doll arrived in the mail from Ireland. Immediately, Anthony put an EMF detector on the doll, curious if he could get a reading. The needle did not budge. Next, he tried setting Harold up with an EVP machine. Again, nothing happened. It was very disappointing, but Anthony shrugged it off knowing that not every item he had acquired would prove to be haunted. Still, he would log all of his findings in the book, and as he had planned to give an honest account for each object. After determining that Harold was most likely not haunted, Anthony put the doll away in the box along with the crucifix and some holy water just in case. You can never be too careful when dealing with these situations. So he thought. <laughs> Several days later, Anthony decided to take Harold to a friend named April who was very skilled in uh, psychometry. The visit was recorded on EVP, though Anthony had expected it to be the same as before with no response. He was surprised. After the, after the session, um, they discovered that the EVP had actually picked up something. As April conducted their session with the doll, she asked Anthony to take the doll away, saying that Harold was cursing and threatening to kill her, all while unaware that the EVP had clearly recorded the exact conversation. Oh. Which I found the recordings on YouTube so you can like watch it. And at first, like you can't really hear anything. And then like when they slow it down, you can hear Harold like the voice saying like kill her or like Harold's mad or like death or murder. Like and it's like in between their their conversation. Conversing? Okay. Yeah. And like they're talking a lot. So it's like they they weren't picking up on it. But when they like slowed it down, they could hear it. And also, weirdly enough, like Anthony love this doll and like anytime the doll would speak he'd be like that's my boy oh yeah that's my boy i'm like good night good night goodbye that is a doll a haunted doll that is not your son nor your pet i need to see his or picture. lover ew i need to see his picture <laughs> so in 2013 anthony posted photos of harold online and was flooded with feedback people complained of sudden headaches and dizziness after seeing the doll one person even claimed that she had awakened in the night feeling as though Harold was staring at her from within mm. the shadows of her room. Mm -hmm. The buzz about Harold continued until it reached Ghost Adventures team and Zach Baggins, which is that TV show. Mm -hmm. Curious about the claims made on the doll, Baggins contacted Anthony asking if he could take Harold on a little field trip to the Island of Dolls in Mexico. Anthony agreed, though he warned that the doll was quite fragile. Harold um, it would seem would be a bit of a Frankenstein because he was comprised of like multiple parts of different dolls that was manufactured sometimes in the 1930s. So he was super delicate. He had implants um, and showed signs of like mistreatment. Um, so he had arms that were barely attached, uh, cracked features, and the eyes on him would change from blue to black when Harold was angry. And like if you look at photos of Harold, like he looks withered, like he has like a little like chubby stomach like big legs and like little bitty small arms um so going on co uh, ghost adventures collected harold for this little adventure 
taking to, taking him to like I said the isle the island of dolls in Mexico. As planned, uh, they were careful. They promised, um, you know, to take good care of him. But at some point, Baggins had picked Harold up by the arm and started suffering bruising and scratches in the shape of tiny fingernails all over his arm. When he looked down at Harold, Harold was looking up at him as of like, don't hold me this way. Put me down. Yeah, no. Um, and he was like, it's safe to say Harold did not approve being handled in this way. So after the show, Baggins took Harold to a local psychic, hoping to find out more about this doll. The psychic confirmed that Harold the doll was most definitely haunted. In fact, he was haunted by multiple spirits that had been attached to the toy for many, many, many years. One of the spirits was that of a woman who seemed to be dangerously unstable, threatening to harm anyone and everyone that came near this doll. Another one of the spirits was named Harold, and the two other spirits was Harold's niece. And one was a demon. So it is believed that the demon owns the doll, holding the other spirits captive within it. A troubling thought, for sure. Um, the psychic also said, like, the Harold's nieces, like, because, you know, she could get visions and they were, like, crying, like, trying to get out. But the demon was like, no, like, you're in this, you're in this body. with." There me. were two nieces? Two nieces. Oh, I hope they weren't young, but I have a feeling they were. Yeah. So the list of, like, sorrows, like, continue to be blamed on Harold. Um, many have uh, blamed deaths on him and the family, freak accident, nightmares, um, much more on the demon that, like, dwells within the puppet. They also said that there was, like, threats, scratches, giggling, mm. um, like, that his head would move and, like, blink on certain occasions. Anthony said he experienced a lot of deaths and misfortune in his life that were near to him, um, and he believes that it was from the doll. He also experienced three cracked ribs, which he attributes to the curse of the demon that is attached to the doll. Um, as such, he takes his job as Harold's caretaker very seriously um, with respect, and he documents every single thing. He actually has a YouTube channel where you can, like, it's basically like a diary where he, like, records all of his, like, activity around him. Their love story. Uh, it's literally the weird, like, I was watching it just because I wanted to be able to give, like, a perfect, like, mind, like, take you to a place where you feel like you, you're meeting this doll. And, like, some of the stuff that he wrote about, like, he said that there was a psychic who, like, visited Harold. And, like, she felt pains on her stomach. And when she lifted her shirt up, she had a huge gash on her stomach. Um, there was another woman named Diane, and when she was visiting with the doll, she felt something bite her between her fingers, oh, and she God. looked, and there was, like, a little bitty bite mark. I'm with so like glad little, you said fingers. With, like, little finger uh, teeth marks on it, and they held it up to Harold, and the indention of the teeth fit his teeth, like, in his mouth perfectly. She also had a black eye with the welt underneath it, and it was in the same shape and size of Harold's hand. So, wait, he has teeth? He has, like, the little bitty, like, nubby teeth, you know, like, that little baby dolls have. But it was, like, the same indentation. No, they're usually, like, painted on. Well, he, this one has teeth. And it's weird that he doesn't have clothes, but, like, his I person know. that takes care of him, like, <laughs> takes care of him so well. And I'm right. like, well. Um, Anthony even had a family friend come over. Um, and, like, that same machine picked up. And he was, like, and it said, uh, her name was Camille. It said, Camille better stay the fuck away from <gasps> me. And so Anthony immediately was like, no, Anthony, uh, no, Harold, that's like, that's not how we act here. And he put like holy water on him. And then the machine picked up. 
Um, and it said, okay, she's fine now. And like when the threats started to come, Camille felt sick. And the minute that, amp, um, that Harold was like, okay, no, she's fine. She felt fine. Um, one lady even admitted to making fun of Harold over the internet, just at a picture. And from then on, she started having stuff fly off the wall. So she actually contacted Anthony. It was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do. So she like wrote a letter to apologize and stuff. Um, Anthony, in fact, like he even bought a dog and tried to introduce it to the family and the dog would not go into the room that, um, the doll was in and he would like cry and whimper and his tail was underneath him so Anthony was like oh my gosh it's because of the doll so he looked at the doll and he was like Harold like this is our dog he's here to stay he's nice and he's friendly and then he was like it was like clockwork immediately the dog was like back to normal and went right into the room that doesn't seem like a demon the demon would like kill the dog but like obviously the dog is like what the fuck like I'm not going in there he doesn't seem like a good thing, that's for sure. No, I know, but... I, don't... I think it's they're just saying, like, demon just because, like, it's threatening. It's showing signs of, like, scratches and gashes and biting and stuff. So, regardless, demon or not, bitch, I don't want that fucking doll he's near me. not cute. No, he's not. <laughs> Alright, the next haunted doll is Robert the doll. At the age of four, Jean Otto of Key West, Florida was presented with a doll. It was a very special gift handcrafted with fabric and stuffed with wood shavings, having traveled all the way from Germany. Jean loved his new companion, naming him Robert after himself, and even giving him one of his own outfits, the sailor suit that he still wears to this day. The two spent hours together as Jean took him everywhere, playing and bonding within the special magic of imagination. At first, Jean's parents only noted small things, such as Jean blaming the doll for things that he had gotten into trouble for, like overturned furniture, broken toys, the usual childhood mischief. They didn't think over much about these instances, discounting it as mere child's play until things took a much darker turn. The parents claimed that on more than one occasion, they awoke to Jean screaming in the night and after racing to the child's room, they would find young Jean struggling to hold the doll pinned to the floor. This, of course, gave them cause to worry, and so they tried to put some distance between the two, though it proved very hard to keep them apart. Jean eventually grew up maintaining a relationship with Robert for the entirety of his life, taking care of the doll until his own death in 1974. Oh my god, that's like 70 years. Mm-hmm. That's After- fine. That, After his passing, Eugene Otto's childhood home, known as the Artist's House, was purchased by Myrtle Reuter. With the accusation of the home, Ms. Reuter also inherited a tenant, Robert the Doll, who had been tucked away in the attic, though not as you might think. Rather than being packed away in storage, it would be more accurate to say that he was housed in the attic as the space had been set up with small furniture proportionate to the doll with a modest collection of toys for him to play with. Apparently Otto's wife had not been comfortable with the doll, so rightfully so. <laughs> Otto had set up the room in the attic to keep both his wife and Robert happy. Okay, that's so weird. That what would weird. you do if Josh Just had a get doll? rid of the fucking doll. Okay. <laughs> Reuter found the doll in the attic room and chose to keep him for a time, moving him downstairs, not realizing what she was in for. 
she claimed that Robert soon began moving around the house on his own from room to room and that she would sometimes hear a child giggling. She tolerated the instances for a time, but after 20 years of endless and disturbing shenanigans, Reuter finally decided to donate Robert to a museum in 1994. Isn't it weird that it's like 1904, 1974, four. 1994? Right, because doll has four letters in it and so does four. Does it have four letters in it? Yes. I know, but earlier you yes. added a letter. The artist's house, which Eugene had grown up in and lived in as an adult with the notorious doll, is still standing at 534 Eaton Street in Key West, Florida, and is open to the public as a bed and breakfast where you can even sleep in Robert's old room. No. If you dare. <laughs> bed and breakfast? Well, I'm like, how small is the damn bed? And what we room? eat in a croissant while we fucking look at Robert the doll? <laughs> no, he's not there. He's or where he used to be, sorry. Well, and his old room would be in the attic, too. In the attic. Well, they probably just made it to, like, a little lofty. Okay. Robert the Doll is now over 100 years old. He is still at the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida, where he is carefully preserved in a glass case. And his glass case, I did read, was actually donated by a fan. Oh. Yeah. A so, fan of a doll. Wow. Yes. And it's um, humidity controlled and mm -hmm. it has like the special UV glass so he doesn't get damaged. Oh, okay. Yeah. So strange. Visitors from all over the world travel to the museum every day to get a look at the haunted toy, and some people even write letters to him. Most often, the letters contain pleading apologies from people who feel that they must have offended Robert in some way when they have visited, having encountered great amounts of misfortune after their encounter with the doll. He has been blamed for many things, from car accidents and broken bones to job loss and even divorce. I don't know why divorce was at the end. I mean... We probably just like makes their marriage like they probably go crazy and then they get fight fighting. They get fighting. Get they get to fighting. Apparently, he does not tolerate being disrespected. Neither do I. Okay, well I'll try to stop. <laughs> I'll write you a letter tomorrow. Robert the doll has been featured on numerous TV show documentaries, telling the story of his relationship with the autos as well as the unusual occurrences they have have that have happened since. He came to the museum and within his previous home on Eaton Street. One such, one such documentary tells the story of a young museum curator who was so afraid of the doll that she quit her job immediately after an experience with him. The woman told a story of how the doll had recently been checked, cleaned, and put safely back into his display case. Then, the very next morning, when she was arrived at work, she noticed that Robert's feet were quite dirty <gasps> and that they were small footprints around the glass case. So they were dirty like he was, like, walking around. Yes, but also, I'm like, why were the why floors dirty in that museum? Yeah, did, did you say she was a janitor? No, she was a curator, so they, like... Oh, that's not a custodian. No. I was like, well, baby, obviously you haven't done your job. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god she then claimed to have heard a tap on the glass case and a giggle from inside can you giggle <laughs> already terrified the curator turned to look at the doll just in time to see him move the terrified woman ran from the room and vowed never to return oh my god could you imagine though like i know we're laughing but like no that's it, terrifying 
she saw it move. Yeah, no, I would never be the same. Well, she quit that day. Yeah. So, not only has Robert the Doll been featured in many documentaries, he has also inspired some very well-known movie characters. The most memorable cinema-likeness is said to be that of the notorious Chucky doll. Though Robert the Doll did not murder anyone, he did terrify his owners, forever taunting and toying with them and anyone else who came near. But maybe he really didn't mean any harm with his mischievous ways. And if he could speak, perhaps he might simply ask, want to play? Ooh, I don't think he would. I don't think he would either. So there's actually some rules. Um, when I was talking about the apology letters that people mm-hmm. write, these are the rules that they didn't follow or broke okay. um, upon visiting him in the museum. So the first rule is that you must greet and introduce yourself. So when you arrive at the museum and the person that's like t- the tour guide or whatever, mm-hmm. they do stop before they go into the room and they tell you that. They're okay. like, okay, you're going to have to greet him. It's like, say hello mm-hmm. and introduce yourself. And if you want to take a photo of him, you have to ask, which I'm like, well, does what does say, he do? Well, does, does it say yes or no? I, I think you just say like, I hope it's okay that I take a photo. Like you're just telling him, you know? I guess. So, um, also, it's very rude to leave without saying goodbye to him. It's kind of like a Ouija board. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, so I had read some letters online. One of them was like, people lost their luggage, and they both had to, it was like a husband and wife, yeah. they both had to write letters. Or in. like they go home and they have like scratches, and like yes. their animals are acting weird. Yes, and then there was one guy, I think it mentioned it in the very beginning about getting in a car accident, and yeah. he was like outwardly like, rude to him mm-hmm. and then on their way home from I'm guessing the museum they got in a car accident and he oh, almost shit. died Yeah, Robert said baby respect me if you're gonna enter my domain <laughs> <laughs> well that's Robert the doll damn yeah he's a bitch when she spied her went up the water spout down came the rain and washed the spider out out came the sun and dried up all the rain. So Incy Wincy Spider went up to spout again. <laughs> so the next doll that I'm going to talk about is a doll referred to as Letta Meowth doll. Um, they just refer to the doll as Letta. So imagine a small town in New South Wales, Australia, called Wagga Wagga, where an old abandoned farmhouse stands very quietly, a house that has been the subject of countless spooky stories, terrifying kids for generations. Houses such as this exist all over the world, probably even in your own neighborhood, but very few have held a secret such as this one. In this particular house, there lay a hidden resident that would not be found for decades until a man named Carrie Walton and his brother returned to their childhood neighborhood in the 1970s, exploring the dilapidated old structure. The Walton brothers had been curious and wary of the old house for most of their lives, as local rumors claimed the place to be very haunted. They had always avoided the house, like everyone else, until one night, as adults, when they faced their fear that had stayed with them for so long. On an adventurous whim and a dare, the two decided to go hunting for antique treasures in the old farmhouse. 
They looked around the property together, finding nothing of real value. That is, until they ventured underneath the house itself. The two explored the crawl space beneath the old structure in hopes of finding a hidden treasure. But instead, to their horror, they found what they thought to be the body of a small child. Mm -mm. Driven by their curiosity and concern, the two moved closer to inspect the body. Thankfully, they found that it was not a child, but rather a large wooden doll lying alone in the dark, his oversized smile reflecting in the beam of their flashlight. After finding the antique doll, the brothers were satisfied and decided to call it a night. They left for home, taking their treasure with them, tucked away in a sack in the back of the seat of their station wagon. As they drove away, the brothers noticed that the night lights playing on the sack made it seem as if the doll were moving inside. Carrie shrugged it off as his brother jokingly said, Let me out! As if it were the doll asking to be set free. The joke stuck, so that's why they named it the Let me out, or the Letta for short. Their family was immediately apprehensive about the doll. When, they, when the brothers brought him home, its wide eyes, scowling brows, and sinister smile, along with its unsetting origins, did not make it easy for anybody in the household. And their fears were soon validated as the doll began moving around the house on its own within just the first few days, appearing and disappearing from locations without anyone touching him. People began complaining of feeling sick or faint around the doll, and the dogs would park, bark trying to bite at him. Eager to be rid of eager to get rid of this disturbing artifact and curious if perhaps they could make some money from it, the brothers decided to have the doll appraised and analyzed by experts. After careful inspection, Letta was determined to be over two hundred years old, mm-hmm. having spent at least sixty of those years hidden away beneath an old farmhouse. Experts also believe the doll to be Romanian origin since its features seem to be made of that likeness. Um, And a lot of its features were that of like gypsy features is what they said. Uh, The experts also determined that the doll was crafted with real human hair on its head, something that only led to more questions and concerns. After having the doll evaluated through Australian's Museum of Sydney, Carrie soon found a buyer who offered him $400 for the antique. In desperate need of money, he loaded Letta into his car and went to meet the man, determined to sell the poppet and get rid of him. However, when he arrived, he found himself staring at the doll, unable to remove him from the car. He felt that Letta had some strange hold on him, not allowing him to part ways. He then heard whispers coming from the doll. Mm. Carrie decided that he could not sell the doll. After this incident, Carrie's other antiques and collectibles began to sell better than ever, and he couldn't fight the feeling that Letta had something to do with this remarkable success. Since then, Carrie has been offered up to $10,000 for the doll, though he has refused, saying that Letta is not for sale. After many strange occurrences and to further their investigation of the doll, the brothers decided to bring him to multiple psychic mediums. Each one claimed that the doll was inhabited by a spirit of a young boy who had drowned and whose likeness whose likeness the doll had been in fashioned of. It was common in some cultures to create doll, such dolls when a loved one passed too young. 
As such, it is believed that Leda harbors not only the energy of a child whose likeness he was made in, but also the sorrow and anger of the man who made the doll in his terrible grief. During these revelations with the psychic medium, Leda was witnessed to wiggle in her lap and turn his head on its mm. own, just before a light bulb blew in the room, confirming everything that was said. Mm. Unfortunately for the Walton family, or fortunately for the Walton family, in spite of its creepy appearance, Leda is actually believed to be inhabited by a good nature spirit who brings good luck to their family and to anyone who meets him. Because of this, he has made quite a few friends over the years and has even has his own Facebook page as well as a few documentaries that you can view. Yeah. So, Letta, she may be, or he may be creepy looking, but he is said to be a good doll. That's exactly what I was going to say because mm, he like, is not cute. Regardless, any doll that moves his head or talks or laughs is not good in my book. I guess. That's Dolls true. are supposed to sit there and dust over. I dust mine. Okay. Next little cutie on our list is Ted the Clown. But he is a doll. I was about to say, I do not like clowns. Really? I like them. Very little is known about Ted the Clown doll. We don't know where he originally came from, only that he was once owned by a man named Ernest. As the story goes, Ernest found the doll, perhaps at a yard sale or a flea market. That detail is unknown. Almost immediately after acquiring the doll, Ernest noticed that he was a bit different from the other dolls he'd known. Known. <laughs> he had an air about him that was both intriguing and unnerving. Ernest couldn't quite put his thumb on what it was about the doll, that is, until he left him alone. When he came home with the doll, Ernest had placed the puppet in an upstairs room for safekeeping and then came back downstairs to go about his usual business. He was startled when he heard a noise coming from upstairs as his house was empty other than himself. Ooh. So he went to the second floor to investigate and found that the doll was not in the place he had left him. Confused and maybe a little concerned, Ernest placed the doll back where he had been and went back downstairs. Again, he heard the sound of footsteps on the floor above him, and again he went and found that the doll had moved. At this point, Ernest thought that he might be going crazy, so he placed the doll yet again and marked the location. He then went back downstairs and waited. Once more, he heard the sound of feet walking across the floor. He waited, giving the doll more time than before, then went up to investigate. He was shocked to find that this time the doll had moved a full three feet. Oh shit, so he like marked the ground and when he went back up there... It wasn't exactly where he marked it. That's fucking scary. Yes. So it like crawled briefly. Yes. Plus with hearing footsteps. I mean, it, <sighs> yeah. So with this, he concluded that he was not crazy. The doll was simply haunted. Ernest kept the doll and over the years, he continued to hear the sounds of Ted the clown walking around in his room. He also began to hear new sounds as the doll came to feel more at home. The echoing sound of children's laughter would sometimes fill the air. It was a joyful sound like children at a carnival, but it was also quite eerie as there were no children in the house. Ernest tolerated all of this. The continual footsteps, the laughing, even the physical evidence where Ted the Clown's shoes started to look worn from all his walking. These things weren't so bad after all. But then the sounds coming from the room changed to a more sinister tone as the children's laughter changed to the sounds of screaming and terror. 
The next doll that we have, her name is Okiku, and she's from Japan. So, Akichi Suziko absolutely adored his little sister, two-year-old Okiku. He always doted on her and enjoyed surprising her with various little gifts. So in 1918, when he had come across a particularly beautiful doll while out shopping one day, he knew instantly that he had to get this prize for his little sister, Okiku. Made of fine porcelain, dressed in a beautiful kimono with black eyes made of polished beads and dark shoulder-length hair, the doll was truly a treasure to any little girl. Of course, little Okiku was overjoyed with this gift. She adored the doll quickly, becoming inseparable from her new best friend. They were always together, night and day. That is, until tragedy struck the Suzuki family just one year later. Okiku had come down with terrible fever, and though her family had done all they could to keep her in the end, her little body could just not endure anymore. Okiku died at a mere three years old. Mm -mm. Her family, in shock and devastated, looked on to the tiny coffin and to the stall that their daughter had loved so dearly, their grief immeasurable. It is said that the family had planned to lay Okiku's special doll to rest with her on that day, knowing how much she loved and adored the toy, but ultimately decided instead to seat the doll on the family altar in their home in remembrance of their beloved child. The doll was placed on the family altar along with photos of little Okiku, and the other various items that were so special to the family. This is a common practice in Japanese culture, a simple and yet beautiful gesture to honor loved ones who are far away or no longer with us. The altar and the doll were a peaceful and loving reminder to the little, to little Okiku, until a few months later when the family noticed something very, very strange about the doll. Okay. They knew that the doll always had short, shoulder-length hair, but now looking at her, the hair has grown down to her waist. Uh, uh. It was impossible, and yet somehow the doll's hair seemed to be growing. Her family quickly came to believe that the toy was alive in some way, and that perhaps the spirit of their little Okiku was inside this doll. The Suzuki's family cared for the doll in honor of their daughter, claiming that the hair continued to grow and grow even as they cut it regularly oh my god they kept the doll in this way until 1938 when they finally decided to move away without the doll packing up the contents of their home for the move they were afraid to pack up the doll or move it too far away from the only home that their beloved child and daughter had ever known they were afraid that by moving the doll okiko's soul would be become would be lost so in order to keep their close keep it close to the original family home they decided to place the doll in the care of the nearby temple Mm. the Zuzikis went to the priest at the temple and asked if they could take care of the doll they informed the 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 temple priest of the doll's growing hair and told them um, their belief that the spirit of their daughter was inhabiting this toy because of this the head priest vowed to look after the doll himself and observed and witnessed the miracle that might occur her hair was, in fact, growing. Indeed, over the years, the priests of the temple claimed to have witnessed so much growth of the doll's hair, though many people believe that it is no more than a hoax. Samples have been taken of the doll's hair and has been ver- verified that it is from human origin. 
However, this does not prove the growth is a supernatural occurrence. It has been a common practice over many generations and in many cultures to use real human hair in doll making, either as an aesthetic feature or to honor a loved one who has died, kind of like a voodoo doll. So it is highly likely that the doll always had human hair and it was uh, made simply this way. Though, although real human hair or not, this should not be growing. Regardless of what people believe or do not believe, the priests have continued to care for Okiko's doll even until this day. They periodically have to cut the doll's hair when it grows too long to keep her well-preserved in her little display box. She is available for public view to this day in the temple of Hokkaido Island in Japan. She is kept there in a small wooden display box on her own small altar, surrounded by photos of her hair at various lengths. Damn. I mean, all these people pay big money for like weave and stuff and this bitch is just growing long luscious hair on the daily but it was said that her hair got up to like 10 12 inches long and there's like before and after photos of like her hair when she first arrived at the temple mm -hmm. and then after like six months and it's like clearly past her waist i mean while that's unsettling it's more of a sweet story i know see that one's like not a haunted doll it's more of like a mysterious like i mean it is well it's haunted but it's not like that you when i think of haunted i think of like oh this bitch is like i know but like don't you think like some people if someone passes they're like no, oh, yeah. there's a butterfly it's like yeah. my mom or something I like it. but like i mean that's kind of how they looked at it yeah for their daughter yeah for I sure know. but yeah that was a good one yeah. i'd never heard of her insane all right so next doll is poopa um she's from italy uh, Pupa is a term of endearment in Italian, which means like little doll, cutie, doll face, like okay. that. Okay. So, a unique creation from the very beginning, Pupa was nothing like the mass-produced dolls of today's toy industry. In fact, she was quite singular, having been custom-made to look like the little girl she was intended for. Even down to the most intimate detail using, oh, here we go, the child's own hair in its making. Okay. As the story goes, in the early 1920s, Pupa was handmade for a little girl in Trieste, I know I'm probably saying that wrong, Italy, as a special gift. Standing around 14 inches tall, the doll's body and light blue eyes were made of felt in the likeness of her owner. Her hair was even made from her own clippings of the little girl's hair to make them more so the matching pair with their blonde curls and blue eyes mirroring each other. A special gift indeed. And what little girl wouldn't love such a treasure? A tiny replica of themselves, a best friend with an already familiar face. The two quickly became close, spending all of their days together. From the time that Poopa entered the little girl's life in the early 1920s until her death in 2005. Oh, wow. So that's 85 years. Mm -hmm. However, the story of Poopa did not end with her owner's death. In fact, it only got stranger. The original owner had always claimed that Poopa had a mind of her own and would actually talk to her. She truly felt that the doll was alive in some way, calling Poopa her best friend and even claiming that the doll had saved her life once. The family thought this was all nonsense and dismissed her stories. That is, until the woman died and they inherited the doll. In their care, the family placed the beloved doll in a glass display case for safekeeping. They kept her in this way to honor their grandmother, respecting her deep love for the toy. Their intentions in this method of storing the doll were well-meaning. However, this did not seem to be acceptable to Poopa. 
It soon became unmistakably evident that the doll did not like being confined in this way and would not quietly tolerate the mistreatment. The family who had once dismissed the seemingly tall tales surrounding the dolls were now faced with very strange occurrences that they could not explain. They reported such things as the glass of the display case mysteriously fogging up. This alone is a phenomenon that might be easily explained with scientific answers. But then writings would appear on the steamy glass saying things such as, Poopa hate. Like she would write that in. Oh, in the fog. Ugh, yeah. That's terrifying. And it, the fog is like almost like as if she's breathing, you know? Like yeah, in, like, ste- like when you get out of the shower yeah. and the mirror is all foggy. Clearly, this abandoned dolly was trying to communicate her distaste for the unjust confinement. She went further in her pleas for freedom, pushing things around in the small space, rearranging her tiny prison in an angry tantrum. The family even claimed to have repeatedly heard tapping sounds on the glass as if the doll were knocking, pleading to be let out. And on a few occasions, they told of how Poopa would escape her case happily placing herself somewhere more agreeable within the home. Oh, So the bitch just knows what she likes. Right. She's like, get me out of here. For a doll who had at one time been so loved, held every day and nurtured, one might understand her frustrations. She simply wants the life she had grown accustomed to with her dear friend. Poopa doesn't seem to be asking for any more than this as she has never displayed violent tendencies. By the reports from the family, the doll has never hurt anyone. She simply wants her freedom and perhaps misses her dear friend. Can you find me? I'm here. Behind you, look. Behind you. I'm behind you. I am right behind you. Currently, and as as far as anyone knows, the Poopa doll is still in the care of the woman's family. However, we have no way of knowing this for certain, as no one seems to know where exactly she is. As such, there's little information to be found on this particular doll, past or present, and there are only a handful of photos available on the internet, making her impossible to track down. One can only hope that she is still being cared for and perhaps happily outside of her tiny glass prison, keeping her mischief under control. Perhaps one day she will resurface and we might learn more of her story. Or perhaps she has simply moved on, reunited with her beloved friend on the other side of the veil. Um, so when we were researching this a little further, we did find another um, little excerpt um, from one of the family members. Um, they had reportedly managed to catch the doll rising to its feet and walking within the case on the video. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, however, on the three occasions he tried to upload the video onto YouTube, the video was obscured with a mysterious thick white film and the words Poopa No scribbled on the film in a childlike handwriting. So, like, oh my God. So she was like, computer- no, don't you dare upload that video. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's nice. She's nice, but she knows, don't blast me. I'm going to sit right here in this cage. and I might get up to walk around. If you think about videoing it, poopa, no. I was really <laughs> about to say that. Okay, so the next doll that I have, her name is simply Amelia. 
So Amelia, like many troublesome haunted dolls, has unfortunately been posted on sale for on eBay quite a few times by multiple owners. Each buyer seemed to have been lured in by her classic beauty and the promises of a haunting experience. However, when this doll actually becomes active, the buyers quickly change their mind and Amelia finds herself back on the auction block once again. Like most dolls, this one looks perfectly harmless. Maybe even more so since she is in good condition compared to some of the other dolls that we've seen, Amelia wears a lovely lace trim dress with soft reddish brown ringlets tied back in a lace bow. Her face is painted in rosy light colors and her eyes are jo joyfully bright. All beautiful features until you find out those pretty eyes had once a completely different story. In her original eBay posting, Amelia had brilliant blue eyes and was claimed to be surrounded by supernatural activity. Curious if she truly was haunted, a collector purchased the doll for further inspection. At first, when she arrived, Amelia seemed to be just an ordinary doll, nothing really special about her. As such, she was put away in a room, the claims of a haunting forgotten room. That is, until one night when the man heard loud thumping coming from a room where Amelia was kept. Every time he would check on the doll, she seemed to have moved slightly. This was easy enough to dismiss until it got even worse. After going to bed one evening, he heard a loud thump against the bedroom door. He opened the door to find the doll was in his hallway so she had got down from the attic and made her way to the hallway so she probably just like boop, she's a, right from there the man claims that it only got worse he continued to hear the thumping every night and one night he even heard giggling <laughs> when he went to check on the source of the giggling he claims that the once amelia who had beautiful blue eyes was standing in the hallway, waving at him slowly, but this time she had glowing green eyes. Her eyes have been green ever since. And if you look at the photo of her, her eyes are piercingly green. And there's eyes of her, or pictures of her when she was on the eBay auction with blue eyes. Mm. Amelia sadly has continued this behavior um, to all of her eBay buyers, each one claiming to have had a similar experience each one being tormented by the constant thumping and Amelia's giggling, satisfied in her mischief-making until finally the family has gave up, placing her back on eBay. So, like, again, she's not, like, hurting people. I think she just, like, wants to play. Right. And I was, like, looking at multiple stories of her, like, from buyers, and it's, like, no one ever experienced, like, scratches or anything, but it's, like, constantly in the night they can hear, like, thumping against the wall thumping coming from like inside the closet and like giggling sounds and like one guy had like a young daughter he's like oh no I need to go check on my like my young daughter and like when he went into the hallway Amelia was like leaned up against the hallway and like as he got closer the sounds of like a little baby crying was like coming from the doll so yeah, I was know. gonna ask if she had come out of the her little enclosure again. Well, I got. I'm wondering. She she wasn't it. So she sold out of an enclosure. She's just like a uh, doll. Like she doesn't have like a glass cage or anything. She's just like okay. free roaming. Oh, she's a free roam. She's a doll. free roam doll, wow. and she's able to change her eye color. So that's Amelia. Cute. 
Okay, next is Canada's Annabelle. Her name is Mandy. Okay. Mandy is most definitely a doll of mystery. No one truly knows where she came from, only that she was either made in Germany or England between 1910 and 1920. The only thing that we know for sure is that she is now kept in a museum located in Canada where she was donated by a woman who claimed that the doll had once belonged to her grandmother. Reportedly, the woman brought the 90-year-old doll in, hoping to sell her as a valuable antique and because she was fearful that the doll was too fragile to be around her young daughter. However, after the museum took the doll, they found that perhaps the woman had been afraid of much more than the doll's fragility. Almost immediately after Mandy was taken into the museum, she began exhibiting strange behavior. To begin with, Mandy was placed in a plastic bag, a standard procedure to rid her of any insect infestations that she might have had. Employees who worked in the same room where she had been kept during this I'm sorry. Did you say insects? Yes. So these dolls are returned with just cockroach infested? They have crabs. Ew, well that like adds to the creepiness. It really Oh, does. so they put her in the bag so to like they would suffocate. The I'm thinking that they handed over this doll and she just has a bugs coming out <laughs> of her. Like, ew, that's haunted. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Employees who worked in the same room where she had been kept during this decontamination period claimed that they had heard the bag rustling, though no bugs appeared to be causing this. They also witnessed the doll changing position within the bag. So kind of like Letta. Yeah. Um, they, They didn't quite know what to make of this, but soon realized that Mandy had many more tricks up her frilly sleeves. Ooh. She's actually a really pretty doll. She is pretty. Mine is like the wear and tear, but yeah, she's pretty. Yeah. Um, once the sanitation process was completed, Mandy was then taken for photographing and cataloging into the museum inventory. She seemed to behave during this process, but when the task was completed and the doll was left alone, her mood quickly changed. Employees returned to a room that looked as if a child had thrown a tantrum, scattering papers and other objects. Um, trying to rationalize the odd incident, the staff decided to move forward and to give Mandy a placement near the museum entrance, hoping to make her happier. However, patrons soon began complaining that the doll was disturbing with her tattered old-fashioned dress and general disrepair. Although perhaps the creepiest feature of all was the doll's face, painted in a realistic manner with lifelike eyes and a violent crack to one side which caused that eye to bulge slightly. Visitors began blaming headaches and nightmares on the doll, along with a general sense of unease. Her disturbing presence was only the start, as employees of the museum began reporting the sound of footsteps after hours near where the doll was kept with no one else was nearby. They also pointed to the doll when electrical disturbances happened and when items were mysteriously moved from their original spot. The employees began to think that perhaps the spirit that was attached to the doll was unhappy, so they tried relocating her in the museum to appease the restless soul. Unfortunately, this only seemed to make things worse. In their first attempt, and thinking that perhaps Mandy was lonely, the staff put her in a room with other dolls. This was very quickly realized to be a mistake. When they returned the next day, All of the other dolls had been torn up and damaged in various ways as if Mandy had gone into a jealous rage among them. Deciding that Mandy could not play well with others, she was then put in a room by herself. 
However, she seemed to grow even more distressed with her seclusion. She would have angry fits in the night, which resulted in papers and other objects being scattered all over the room by the time the staff would return the next day. Employees began complaining of headaches and nightmares about the doll, and some even quit their jobs. A psychic wanting to help the spirit attached to the doll asked if she might hold the toy in order to communicate with it. During this meeting, Mandy supposedly told the medium the sad story of how she had died in the cellar of an old farmhouse, still clutching the doll, her only friend in that lonely place. She told of how years later, a man had been walking by the house when he heard a small child crying. He knew that the house was abandoned and so decided to check it out in case a child had gotten lost or trapped inside. Upon entering the house, the man continued to hear the sound of sobbing. However, it seemed to be coming from beneath the floorboards. He could not find a cellar door inside the house, so he went back outside and located an exterior entrance to the cellar where he further investigated. Entering the dark storage space and looking around, the man supposedly made a gruesome discovery. Finding the deteriorated remains of a small child along with her doll. It was not made known why the girl had been in the cellar, if it was by accident or if perhaps a crime had been committed. We also do not know why the man took the doll or how it came to be with its final owner before joining the museum. After the psychic's revelation for the possible origins of the doll, the curator decided to contact the donor for more information. This was when the woman admitted that she really had just wanted to be rid of Mandy. She claimed that she would hear a child sobbing in her home and when she would go in search of the source, she would find the doll alone in her cellar staring up at her from the floor and the cellar window opened yet again. After this had happened several times, the woman decided to be rid of it. She claimed to know nothing of where the doll had come from or if she had been found in the way that the psychic had described with the body of a child. All she knew was that she wanted absolutely no part of it. And neither do I. That is terrifying. Okay, so my next and final doll is named Peggy. So in 2015, Jane Harris, a paranormal investigator in the United Kingdom, was contacted by a distraught woman in need of her expertise. The woman told Jane that she had come into possession of a doll and that she had begun to have terrible nightmares and nausea, which she blamed the doll. She went on to say that she had tried to relocate the doll throughout her house to ease the symptoms, but no matter where she placed the doll, the nightmares persisted. She claimed that she had also sought sought help by two different priests, but neither had been able to solve the issue. She explained how both priests had left her home feeling ill and throwing up, hallucinating, and had high fever. Ultimately, Jane Harris decided to accept the doll, relieving the woman of her torment, and with the intention of studying the supposed haunted doll for herself. Jane immediately felt something unusual about the doll, so she decided to set up cameras that would record any possible activity. She posted the videos that she made online for others to watch, and inspect along with her, and the response was quite unnerving. Numerous people wrote to Jane that they had watched the videos and they became ill with nausea, chest pains, and (laughs) debilitating headaches. One woman even reported having a heart attack and was sent to the hospital. Another lady 
um, was looking at a photo of Peggy, just simply looking at a photo of Peggy, and her compu uh, computer froze with Peggy's pics. The lights <laughs> turned out in her house, and everything on the wall started falling off. People continued to connect with this haunted doll in various ways, some claiming to have experienced flickering lights while viewing videos, computers freezing, and feeling that they were no longer alone in their rooms. Jane kept a folder of all of the endless statements made against the doll by various people who had dared to watch the video or stare too long at her photos. She claims that the that the specifics of the haunting were not made public at the time, though the stories kept pouring in were all very consistent in their similarity, leading her to believe that they were valid. Some of the more sensitive viewers reported seeing visions of what seemed to be mental institutions and unspeakable abuse within. Others claimed to have some sense of um, incarceration or prism or in an, in an asylum. Some possibly saw um, visions of the Holocaust. One psychic medium went further, claiming that the spirit attached to the doll was actually named Peggy, and so that's how the name became known. The story of Peggy spread quickly and soon became very popular in the paranormal field, eventually catching the entrance of Zach Baggins again, mm. the host of Ghost Adventures. Peggy initially with a black bag over her head and a crucifix around her neck, was featured on the episode with Baggins. The host was quite ta taken with her, even though she seemed to have plagued him with the small swarm of flies and the feelings of fury during their interview. Hey, don't you run away. Please stay. Stay with me. If you don't come play with me, then we will kill you. <laughs> After the episode, completely entranced by this unusual doll, Baggins asked if he could add Peggy to his museum that was a growing collection of haunted objects um, that he had been working on for quite some time. After much thought, Jane finally agreed to give over the doll, feeling that it was best to let her go and to move on. Peggy now resides in Zach Baggins' Haunted Museum in Las Vegas, Nevada. The Haunted Museum is an 11,000-square-foot building that dates back to 1930. In all of the space, little Peggy is reported to have her very own room, where she sits inside a locked glass case. The room itself is said to be closed, and guests are given the option to enter at their own risk. If they choose to enter, they must follow a certain protocol and they are to stand back at a marked distance. Time, um, sorry, time within the room is strictly limited. Guests must all greet Peggy upon entering and they must say goodbye when they leave. After all, manners were very important in Peggy's day. Above all, guests are asked to respect Peggy in speech and deed. No touching, no referring to her as a thing, no sarcastic, no laughter, no demeaning remarks. She is very offend easily offended um, and could attack. In all that has been recorded about the occurrences surrounding Peggy, we don't really know much about her history. We only know that she was made in England sometime in the late 1960s with no clue who the original owner was. Peggy still resides in the Haunted Museum with Zach Baggins, where she can be viewed if you should ever decide to take that risk. Um, personally, like last night, I was looking at photos of her and it literally <laughs> creeped out. I was telling Emily about this this morning, guys, but 
my book fell on the floor as I was reading it. And when I picked it up, lo and behold, it was Peggy's chapter. So I was like, oh my god, she's gonna get me. <laughs> so I was like, in my room, like, Peggy, I'm so sorry if I disrespected you. Because um, you never know. Um, but yeah, that's fucking Peggy. And she, the weird thing about Peggy is, like, she looks like one of those American dolls. She looks like dolls. a Karen. She looks like an American doll, you know, like... Oh, um, yeah, she kind of does. But then, like, there's photos of her, like, she was also used in, like, demonic and satanic rituals. Like, she's sitting in the middle of a pentagram. Is mm-hmm. it pentagram? Yes. Um, or, like, it looks like some type of, like, witch's sacrifice right. or something. So, like, she looks sweet, which always makes it even more, like, unsettling is that when they look sweet, but, like, you know, like, the demise behind them. Well, um, she's kind of rude and annoying. Yeah. But I know, but it's, like, she has that sweet, like, look on her face, and you're like, no, baby, I ain't food. But yeah, that's Peggy. That's all of them. That's it. Um, so <laughs> you have sh- a shit ton of dolls in here. <laughs> oh, I do have a lot of but dolls. Some of them are creepy. Some of them are creepy. I mean, I have some that are like newer. I actually have one that's being made. It's mm-hmm. coming. It's a ghost face doll. But, yeah. Um, I have a few. My little, my triplets. I call mm. them the Kardashians. They're, they were made in the 1960s. Shit. Shout out to my friend Paige. She, she, like she, uh, she has a little store and she sells a oh, bunch cool. of, like, we can nostal- link it. Yeah. She, yeah. She sells a bunch of like vintage, um, nostalgia type okay. items. She actually has a really awesome Rocky Horror Picture show. Ooh. Um, yeah. That's really doll. cool. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've never had any issues or problems with, with the girls. I just like would just rather not have one to begin with. Well, you gave me the titty granny, and she is I know. I did give your doll, but she's like an ornament. Well, she's hanging on my fan in my bedroom. Yeah. Well, we're going to continue to do these, like, little haunted things. So, like, this is obviously haunted dolls, but we found a book over, like, haunted lakes, um, haunted churches. Asylums. Asylums and things like that. So, just to, like, throw in some spooky and, like, get away from, like, the murder and stuff. Just, I mean, some of y'all like spook. We love spooky stuff, too, so... We're going to throw those in every once in a while. And then um, Cody so graciously posted early about this to kind of let you know, like, what was coming up. So feel free when you see that. You can email us at miserymanorpodcast at gmail.com or you can DM us or comment. Well, I wouldn't comment this, but, like, if you have personal experiences and you're like, hey, I have a doll story. Please do. You know, write it in and we'll read it. And if you want us to say your name, we'll say your name. But Mm -hmm. it would go great with With the the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like, more like we're not just sitting in my closet alone. Right. For sure. So, yeah, send those in. Anything haunted, we're here for it. So, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, Don't forget to subscribe rate review um tell your friends tell your family tell your dolls um (laughs) whatever you want to do baby but um we hope you enjoyed this spooky spooky haunted episode of the haunted doll okay i'm hungry bye